Thank you for joining us for another value-packed Tenant Cloud podcast. Did you know that according to Property Management Insider, both low median age and high job growth correlate to lower retention rates in cities across the United States, while rent growth seems to have no effect on turnover whatsoever. That means that you can increase rent on a regular basis and it'll probably never affect your turnover rate. But if you live in a city with a younger median age and a really hot job market, which you have no control over, you will exponentially increase your turnover rates. Which means that no matter what you do, if you live in an area like that, you have absolutely no control over your resident retention rates, and you're gonna have turnover costs no matter what you do. In today's podcast, we're going to cover how you can avoid accidental damage and make sure your property is more durable so that when it inevitably comes time for your tenant to move out, you are in the best position possible to reduce your overall turnover costs and keep the cash flow positive in your rental. Before we get started, on Tuesday, July 27th, you'll have the opportunity to hear from a former military leader who has been a landlord for the past decade. His experience in the military gave him incredibly valuable insights into service and leadership. His experience and life in the military shaped how he successfully manages his rental properties to this very day. Be sure to tune in on Tuesday, July 27th, as he shares his stories. So there are wild estimates and ranges of how much a landlord on average spends on their turnover costs when a tenant moves out and they try to get a new tenant in and it ranges everywhere from several hundred dollars to as much as three or four thousand dollars now the reason there is such a wide range and there's not really a solid number that can be pinpointed for this is because Obviously, you have such a wide range of markets. You have a wide range of finishes in rentals, whether it's high-end or low-end or mid-level. And so there's just too many variables to really pinpoint an average number of turnover for a turnover cost and to really pinpoint what that is. And so for your specific rental, it might be uh, an average of one month's rent, or it might be half of one month's rent. What, but whatever it is for your area, the goal is obvious to, obviously to always be underneath whatever the average is. You don't want to have to be spending more than what you need to in order to get your rental ready for a new tenant. And so there are a few things though that you can do. Now, obviously your turnover typically is not within your control. Uh, there are external factors. There are obviously things that you can do to mitigate your turnover rates and to increase your retention. We've covered a lot of that in a lot of our podcasts, but there's still going to be things that are outside of your control that you will not be able to manipulate. You'll not be able to have any type of control whatsoever over to keep tenants in your rental. And so here are a few things that you can do for when that day inevitably comes and you have to get your rental ready for the next tenant. And so the first one is, is of course, flooring. Flooring is one of the, one of the things in your rental that is going to become quickly damaged and it's more easily damaged than anything else in the rental because oftentimes it's done just through regular wear and tear. And it's not something that your tenants are doing maliciously. They're not uh, being careless. It's just they're walking on the floor every single day. If they have pets, if they have friends over, they have drinks that spill on the floor. And so the type of flooring that you pick is going to be one of the most 
important pieces of material that you can pick for your rental, especially if you're doing any type of a renovation on your rental prior to moving tenants in. And it's important to get this one right. And so I personally don't ever recommend putting carpet into a rental just because you have the carpet, you have the pad, you have the tack strips, you have all that stuff that goes into it. And even though there are high-end carpets such as and I may be butchering the name of this carpet, Triexta Carpets, which offer really high resistance against both water and oil-based stains. And it's also better than both polyester and nylon, but it's really expensive. It's as much as 4 to $5 per square foot, sometimes even higher. Uh, but it is very effective in terms of renting it out to someone who may have pets and you risk having pet stains and pet-related stain damages. But even then, in general, carpet, I personally don't ever recommend carpet just because I've managed so many rentals that had carpet versus hard flooring in them or even uh, vinyl flooring. And the vinyl flooring rentals always had lower turnover costs for me compared to the carpet ones. And so I never recommend carpet, but if that's what your budget is and you can't afford to go with any type of uh mold, mildew, moisture, scratch resistant, vinyl flooring type options, then here are the three options you have really for carpet. One is a polyester, which is a really cheap but durable material. Uh, it's cheap in the sense that it's usually around $1.50 to $3 a square foot. It does offer resistance to water-based stains uh, such as drinks, uh, and it will but it will still soak up oil-based stains from food or uh, dirt. And so the other thing is it can sometimes feel a little bit cheaper and synthetic. So some people are kind of put off by polyester. The nylon carpets are a little bit more expensive than that, and they usually run around 3 to $5 per square foot. They offer something similar to polyester, being resistant to water, but not as much to oil-based stains. Uh, but they do feel softer and they look better typically than most polyester carpets. And then of course the Triexta carpets, which they offer the highest level of protection you can get from both water and oil-based stains, but they're also the most expensive. And so sometimes it's cost prohibitive to go with this form of carpet. And frankly, once you're in the $4 to $5 per square foot range, you're really already in the range of some of the higher end vinyl wood flooring options that are available out there today. And in the long term, I personally think that they offer a longer term savings. So something to look into and crunch some numbers on and get some uh, detailed information about the type of flooring that you're looking at. But the bottom line is make sure that you pick a flooring that is going to be resistant to scratches, tears, stains, the whole nine yards. Whichever flooring gives you the best protection, it's going to be the most worn and torn item in your rental and so it's important that you get that right early on to save yourself tons of money down the road. The other thing you want to look at is the type of paint colors and type of paint that you're using for your interior walls. So for instance, you typically want to go with the interior walls, something like a semi-gloss paint, uh, which will allow you to wipe the walls down as opposed to having to repaint them. If it's a flat paint or something of that nature where if there's stains on it or whatever and you try to wipe it with a cloth, it just absorbs the moisture right into the paint and it just doesn't clean off very nicely at all in fact any flat paint walls that i've ever tried to wipe stuff off of it just doesn't come out period and so you want to make sure you're using the right paint and you can talk to paint people at places like sherwin williams or 
any of the big box stores or your local paint shop, they should all be able to tell you what type of paint cleans the easiest uh, for the color that you're going for and the brand that you are prefer you prefer to go with. And I recommend making sure that the paint that you use is highly effective in being able to be kept clean, meaning you can just take a damp rag or even a paper towel that you get a little bit of water on and just run it right down the wall and it takes off all of the the smudges and the dirt and all of that stuff because I guarantee the next biggest thing next to your flooring is your wall because people in your your doors because people are putting their hands on them they're brushing against them they put their beds against them they put their dressers against them and on top of their dressers they have things like makeup and uh, deodorant and all these other things that are going to get into the wall and so it's important that the paint that you have allows you to wipe that clean really fast and have a really quick turnover otherwise what you're looking at is repainting or touch-up painting which is so much more messier takes a whole lot more time whereas if you have the right paint color on the wall and the right type of paint on the wall your cleaning people or if you do your own cleaning will be able to just wipe the walls down and be done with it the other thing that you want to focus on when it comes to paint is that you want to use neutral colors you also want to use lighter colors because a lot of times you're going to want to go with a darker floor coloring because you want to, if you do get stains or scratches, you want those to be able to be hidden a little bit easier so that they're not as noticeable when you do get them because inevitably you will have small marks and wear and tear and things on your floor. And typically the darker colored floors hide those imperfections a lot better and they're a lot better for the lifetime of that material if they're a little bit darker in color. Now I'm not talking like dark, dark, like you could you could go with something like a gray or a dark gray or something like that those are really popular colors these days but if you're using a lighter color flooring and that's just your preference then the color of the walls and stuff doesn't necessarily matter as much and so uh, but if you are wanting to increase the lifespan of your floor and hide imperfections for a little bit longer then I would recommend going with a neutral colored paint as well as a lighter colored paint that allows you to use a darker colored floor so that uh, the room isn't so dark in general because if you have dark paint on the walls or ceilings and you have a dark floor then that's just a, a recipe for uh, bad results so just a quick recommendation there on the color of the paint for you something to keep in mind the other thing that you want to make sure that you are keeping an eye out for is protecting from scratches and so things like door stoppers where you put it uh, on the wall behind where a door opens so that the door doesn't swing open and hit a wall and cause a hole in the wall or start to put an indentation into the wall where the door handle is hitting up against the wall there's plenty of products out there that allow you to protect both the wall and to stop the door such as a door stopper and you can also put felt pads on the feet of any furniture that is already coming with the property now you could also put into your lease uh, again you want to make sure that you make sure that you're allowed to do this in your area but a lot of people what they do is they put a uh, rule in the lease agreement that any furniture that the tenant brings into the property needs to have felt pads on it and in this case if when the tenant moves out and there's scratches or tears across your floor because of where they had furniture that they were dragging or whatever, then that is a violation of the lease and you can recoup some of your cost because if they had put felt pads as your lease stated, then chances are they wouldn't have had, they wouldn't have caused those damages to your property. And so just another thing to keep in mind is ways that you can minimize damage in your rental, which is simple things like 
door stoppers, and felt pads. Now, it's important that in your lease agreement that you make sure that you make a distinction between tenant damage and wear and tear and make sure that those are explicitly defined in your lease agreement. Now, some states and cities will have already made that distinction very clear for you in the actual laws that they have written on this subject. So it's important to make sure that not only have you reviewed those laws or ordinances in your city, but that you've also made sure that your lease is directly lined up with those if your state or city does have that verbiage written down in law. Uh, because I know, for instance, living in the state of Texas, those were very clearly defined terms of what was tenant damage and what was wear and tear. And even though uh, there was some generalism in the verbiage used in certain parts of the law, it still was pretty clear when you were walking through a unit what was wear and tear and what could be considered tenant damage. And if you crossed that line, even if your lease stated that something was tenant damage, but the law stated that it wasn't and you send that bill to a tenant and they take you to court, the judge is not going to look kindly on that. So uh, definitely make sure that you make the distinction in your lease agreement between tenant damage and wear and tear and make sure that your lease is lined up with the law or the ordinances in your city or your state. The bottom line is you want to make sure that you have covered as much as you possibly can in terms of the materials in your rental to make sure that they're durable, make sure that they are resistant against accidental damages and against normal wear and tear as much as possible because people live in the house and things inevitably are going to have wear and tear. And the more that you can minimize that and prolong the life of the materials in your rental, the lower costs that you have for turnover and the more profit that you start to be able to keep in your rental if you put that initial investment in early on into the materials that you're putting into your rental property and really take some time to think about what you are putting into your rental that does have a potential for any accidental damage or excessive wear and tear. Thank you for spending some time with us today. I know it's you have a busy schedule and so we genuinely appreciate you taking the time to spend it with us and we'll look forward to talking to you next time.